This episode is generously sponsored by Pure Pro Massage Products and Pure Pro's Hypoallergenic Massage Lotion. With pure organic aloe and golden jojoba oil, Pure Pro's Hypoallergenic Massage Lotion keeps your client's skin feeling silky soft. There's no greasy residue, and it's completely unscented and pH balanced, making it ideal for elderly and pediatric clients with fragile skin. This lotion is versatile and safe. All Pure Pro products are vegan, cruelty-free, and nut-free, making your job as a safe, mindful practitioner that much easier. Get your free 8-ounce bottle of Pure Pro's hypoallergenic massage lotion, including free shipping, at purepro.com and use the code PURElotion. That's purepro.com and use the coupon code PURElotion for your free 8-ounce bottle of Pure Pro's hypoallergenic massage lotion. everyone, welcome to the Massage Business Blueprint Podcast, where we discuss the business side of massage therapy. I am Alyssa Haynes, and I am here today with my special guest, Stacey, Stay, I knew I was going to mess up your name immediately. There's so many S's and noises and C's and shizzes and noises. So I'm here with my special guest, whose name I'm going to try to say correctly, Stacy Schultz. Stacy, hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and for being patient as I hack up your name. Today, our topic with Stacy is going to be what massage therapists should know about working in skilled nursing facilities. But first, I'm going to pop in and tell you a little bit about Stacy. So Stacy has been a massage therapist since 2010. She has a ton of training in the manual lymphatic drainage uh, vodder technique, oncology massage, hospice and medical massage, and caregiving at the end of life. Stacy currently has an office in Rochester, Minnesota, tons of experience in hospice massage, and does a few other things I think she's probably going to tell us about. So Stacy, that was my abbreviated version of what you do and where you're at. Have I missed anything important? Uh, no, I think you got the general gist of what I do in my Excellent. trainings. And mm -hmm. since we have a little bit of a weather fetish here, tell me what it's like in Rochester, Minnesota today. It is currently 20 degrees and snowing lightly, which means it's warm enough to snow, which is a good sign. And we're waiting for another snowstorm this evening. Oh, how lovely. Lovely, right? How, yeah. How enchanting <laughs> there in Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it was really warm here in New England at like 70, it almost hit 70 degrees yesterday. It did hit 70 in some areas, and now it's down to being like, I don't know, 30 degrees again. But really, it's not snowing, and I don't see snow as expected, so I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah, jealous, a little jealous. So we're going to jump into our, our podcast guest questions, which we love to ask everybody because it usually turns into something really interesting. So tell us, how did you get into massage? How did I get into massage? Well, part of it is that uh, a friend of mine who had multiple myeloma, so a form of blood cancer, called me one day and she was like, uh, she lived in Arizona or New Mexico at the time and she called me and she's like, I can't get a massage. No one will give me a massage because I have cancer. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, and at the time I had one of those cushy salaried working in a cu cubicle type job. Um, uh, but her question really got me curious about massage and um, just like why someone with cancer couldn't get a massage. So I did a little bit of research and then me being 
who I am. I decided, I'm like, you know, I have some time in the evenings. Maybe I should go to massage school. So I started massage school at night. And uh, two months after doing that, I actually lost my job. I was laid off. Um, the economy had turned. So I was laid off and took that as a sign to go to school full-time, go to massage school full-time and find um, just a part-time job to supplement while I went to school. Um, and the whole time I was in school, even my classmates knew they're like, they knew that I was go that I was in school because I wanted to work with people who had cancer because I just was floored that people in medical treatment couldn't be touched. Um, so I went to school and what was interesting about my massage program, it was actually, there was five women in my class and we all had recently lost our jobs. And so it was like a career transition for all of us. So it also became a support group in some ways too, as we were looking for new direction. Um, and I actually met, in the middle of my schooling, I met Lauren Cates at a AMTA Maryland event. I was living, at Maryland, living in Maryland at the time. Um, and I met Lauren and kind of cornered her and was like, tell me more about oncology massage. And I um, just kind of pursued that route when I was done with school. Um, took a lot of trainings through, at the time it was Lighthold and now um, the HEOL organization. I just wanted to continue like expanding my skills and working with like the medical population. I was never really interested in deep tissue. Um, a lot of people, you know, like massage has to hurt. It has to be this. And that was never, never my motive of being in massage school. It was just to work with people who I guess I would say are more on like the fringes of what massage can offer. I love that because I, I also had, there is a place in my heart for real complex medical conditions and who can be touched and how they can be touched and why not sometimes. And I, uh, I really love that people, that people like you are able, are willing to take on learning enough to do so safely. And that's, there's a big place in my heart for that. So thank you. And part of, part of it too was like when you, I'm sure a lot of us can relate when you're in massage school, like you have like these little nuggets of like, you know, special populations or whatever. And they're all of like one paragraph in a massage book. And so it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until I was done with school when I could really, because, you know, then you're a massage therapist, then you can take the continuing ed classes. And that's really when I started to dig into working with these special populations of people. Um, so what has the evolution of your career been like? So you went to massage school, yeah. you, you graduated. Where did you start working? What kinds of career options did you explore? So what was interesting is like I finished school, like I said, I was living in Maryland at the time. And I actually, at the end of 2011, ended up moving to Rochester, Minnesota. Um, so from there, I kind of had to start from scratch with a different game plan because my plans changed, um, which I started out working in a massage chain. I made it there for five months, um, but it was also just very um, eye-opening experience to learn what I liked and didn't like about being a massage therapist. I worked in an, an employee gym for the medical institution here in town. And then along when that was going on, I started working with hospice. Um, I worked with hospice for three and a half years, and that laid the foundation for me of working with seniors and older adults. Um, because until then, I'd never really considered going into like an assisted living facility, independent living, memory care. Like all of that was new uncharted territory for me, um, but working for hospice allowed me into those situations and to also um, just learn how those types, those types of facilities operate and function. Um, and it also became 
a place where I could use all of these other skills, like where I realized you know, the oncology training was really helpful. The medical training was incredibly helpful. Just learning how to work around wheelchairs or people are in oxygen or um, how they're in their hospital bed, if they're positioned, uh, the railings on the side, like all of these things, like I was able to use them. Um, and it also provided a, like the critical thinking component, but you go up for one patient and sometimes it'd be in like the same um, skilled nursing facility you'd see one patient and then you'd you know go do your charting and then you walk in the hall and you'd be in someone else's room and it'd be a completely different scenario that you were in um, and it just really drew upon the training that I had and also the critical thinking skills and also too to explain sometimes to either family members or the patient themselves like the benefits of massage because there was like skeptical you know like do you know what you're doing and all of this but to be able to say yes actually I do know what I'm doing and this is what I can provide for you. Um, and it just, it just really built a confidence in me working with the hospice population. Tell me what your, what's your massage practice career like now? Like what's a day-to-day -day look like for you? So a day-to-day -day for me now is I no longer work hospice. I have my own office here in town, which I've had now for five and a half years. So um, I'm there, I would say, part-time. And now I have um, contracts at local skilled nursing and memory cares here in town. So I'm there about 20 hours a week at those jobs, and the rest of the time I'm at my office. So it's a good mix. I find it to be a really good balance, and it just complements you know, me needing to be out of my office and then me needing to be in my office. It's a really good fit. What is your fantasy job training or location? Your if I win the lottery plan for your career, what would if you I do? Would, what would I do? I think I would do uh, like a lot of older people do, older adults here, snowbird. Like I'd be in the Midwest for like six months and then I'd be somewhere warm for six months. Yes, I yes, I will meet you that. in the warm place. Yes, the warm place, maybe Arizona. I don't know. Um, and also continue doing massage, but also to bring in like types of movement, like not just yoga, but other types of movement, just to make people more aware of their bodies. Um, I just find that so. Yeah, moving, moving literally maybe across the country, and then teaching people to move in their bodies, and especially when it's cold and wintry around here. Do you have but, any uh, other training in that kind of stuff? I do actually. Um, I have a type of body work that's called Rosen Method. Um, it's more of a somatic thing. It's done like on a massage table. So there's that. And then I do this other type of work called essential motion. So it's, again, it's like moving in the body. You, you allow the client to move in their body how, how they want to move. It's pretty, it's pretty profound. It's like massage gone 4D, I guess you could say. Tell me what that one's called again. Essential motion. I don't even think I've ever heard of it. Yeah, it's one of those California things. Sweet. Yeah. We're going to have to learn more about that. Yeah, right. So we're going to take a break and we'll do our halftime sponsor and then we're going to launch into the knowledge you have for us on skilled nursing facilities. But I'm really excited that our halftime sponsor, our full sponsor for this whole special interview episode is Pure Pro Massage Products and their hypoallergenic massage lotion. For 24 years, Pure Pro has distinguished itself by adhering to the values of quality, purity, efficacy, and education. Most lotions start out a little greasy and end up feeling sticky. Pure Pro Hypoallergenic Massage Lotion has pure organic aloe and golden jojoba. It keeps your client's skin really silky, soft, and workable. And it's phenomenal for elder, hospice, oncology massage, or anyone with super sensitive skin. 
All of Pure Pro's products are vegan, cruelty-free, nut-free, and they make your job as a safe, mindful practitioner that much easier. And as a special offer, Diana from Pure Pro is giving everyone free eight-ounce bottle of the hypoallergenic massage lotion and that includes free shipping if you use the code pure lotion p-u-r-e-l-o-t-i-o-n at purepro.com you can go there and get your free eight ounce bottle of the hypoallergenic lotion and stacy you use it so tell me and i do too but i want you to tell me why you use the lotion and how it helps you um, I use it specifically with the older adults just because of their skin and their skin can, tends to be fragile and it, uh, the Pure Pro lotion works great and the staff love it too. So we continue <laughs> to use it. That's awesome. We totally, um, when I bring lotion with me on site for different gigs, people absolutely fight over it and everybody wants like an extra squirt for their hands before I leave. But again, you can go to purepro.com, throw an eight ounce bottle of the hypoallergenic lotion into your cart. Use the code PURElotion for the free bottle and free shipping and give it a shot. If you haven't tried PurePro yet, you should and you're going to love it. We're in part two now. Tell us what we should know about working in a skilled nursing facility and what kinds of uh, skilled nursing facilities are there. Yeah, great questions. And I'm a person of like definitions. I like to set some definition groundwork first just um, so that people understand because I didn't even understand all of the terms. Um, but first off is just to consider like the age of the people um, that you're working with when you say this. Um, so I am using uh, the term, the term right now is called geriatric, but um, it could be argued about the, t the age that actually starts. But a lot of resources point to 65 plus is considered um, senior adults, older adults. Sometimes the term elderly is used, the baby boomers. Um, and something else I learned is someone who is 90, 90 plus is considered aged. That's the proper medical term. So I had no idea. I know, right? I was like, oh, yes. Um, so there's all different types of, of, I use the term facilities. So there's different types of facilities. And like, what you have to consider is who's living in these places and how you can best serve them with your massage skills. So for example, there's an independent living. So it's pretty much like independent apartments, like there's kitchens inside and people are, you know, living there maybe with their spouse, maybe they're widowed, maybe they've never been married. Um, but they have the ability of, you know, like there's dining services and stuff provided, but pretty much they're independent. Um, so as a massage therapist, you can think about like you could go to their apartment to provide a massage or these facilities. A lot of them now newer ones are building like spas and gyms within them. So sometimes there's this little suite that's being put in there for massage or for other types of I don't know what else they'd have come in. Sometimes like podiatry can come in or different uh, medical services. And so there's like a shared space there. So that gives you a potential you know, space as a massage therapist. And then, so another type is the assisted living, which is where people need assistance, obviously need assistance with their daily activities of living. And a lot of times there's um, food, all the meals are provided um, and their mobility be, may be a little more challenged. They may need a wheelchair, walkers, things like that. Um, and then from, from there goes into skilled nursing, and that is just like all the nursing cares are provided, medications are provided. And again, when you're a massage therapist, 
um, this is where I really had to think about was working in skilled nursing, which is an area that I really enjoy working, is going, e going into each resident's room and what does that look like? Like what type of massage can you provide in a skilled nursing facility and for how long? Um, and who's going to be doing the payments and things, uh, things like that to consider. And then the last uh, type of facility, which many times is included in these like big campuses, is memory care. And that's for people with a diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's, um, where a lot of times these are like locked facilities, so um, the residents can't get out and they're kept safe um, just from wandering and things like that. I had no idea it was so technical and diverse. Yeah, it is. And it's like, it's just interesting because it's like, depending on where the person is, like sometimes age doesn't matter. It's like the age doesn't matter. It's more of like their ability to function in their daily activities determines the type of place that you would be living in. So it, it opens up a lot of different opportunities for massage, which is what I have been exploring over the last, I have been working at one place now for four years. And I think that's one thing I really want to emphasize is the persistence that's required. Um, and also the willingness to continue to try new things, to meet different people, um, different staff members to see if there's ways to expand the program and to continue to educate the staff members, because a lot of times they'll be the people who are your biggest supporters if they see the benefits, if the, uh, the nursing aides, the certified nursing aides see the benefits of one of the residents gets a massage and their anxiety level drops for the next day, like that's really beneficial. And they can, you know, report that in the chart. They can, you know, talk to the nurse about that. And that starts to build some of like the benefits of being in these types of places. Yeah, another point to make too is just to build, like I said, to build the relationships with the staff because not only are there's, there's different types of places people live, there's, there's a whole lot of staff that do a lot to ensure the residents have a good quality of life. Um, so like I said, the CNA is a certified nursing assistant. You have the director of nursing who um, needs to be on board with what you're trying to do if you're going into people's rooms, like um, there's HIPAA issues and things like that, and just to explain to them what you're doing and to have them advocate for you too. And also a position I didn't know about is like activity directors and uh, activity coordinators. So there's people whose jobs it is to find activities for the residents to do, whether it's like wee bowling or they have spa days. That's how actually I got into one place was they had spa days so they get their nails their fingernails done and they're like hey we could offer some chair massages one lesson I learned too is like you can't bring in your big old chair massage contraption thing because it's too much um, a lot of residents can't get on or off the massage chair so I have this great little de device I guess it's called like a portable desktop face rest I don't know. Are you familiar I with this? I have seen that. I actually yeah. used one when I was uh, going into a school for people with autism. Um, I, yeah, I had one of those little, I think it was an Oakworks desktop. You kind of lean right into it. Super easy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and it's great because um, for like, especially for people who are in wheelchairs, you can just wheel them straight up to the table and they don't have to do anything. Like they can just sit there and receive a massage. Um, and even I use it uh, for people in independent living who come for like a 30 minute massage. I'll use that too, because sometimes getting up and down, even off a massage chair and or a massage table is too much work. 
And so they come into the massage room and there's just, you know, this half face rest thing there. And like it decreases their stress tremendously. But they, you know, they don't have to worry about getting clothes on or off, or clothes on or off. Yeah, and they could just receive a massage. So that was one of the big nuggets I learned about working, working in my own little office at those places. Being able to adapt and give a massage in any particular environment, in any particular position. Exactly, yeah. Really like, how to think on your feet, too. And what, um, another, like in memory care, is like when I go into memory care, I mean, because people are like, well, what do you do? And um, sometimes it's shoulder massages. Um, and two, when you work with people who have memory uh, impairments, you have to be strategic in how you approach them because if you're too sudden, you could, you know, cause them to get anxious if you come from behind them. So there's those types of things to consider. Um, but like a hand massage, like, you know, giving a hand massage with the, like the pure pearl lotion, like let's say it works really good just because of the glide and it, it soaks into the skin really well. Um, or a shoulder massage, a neck massage, and just meeting the person where they are is really helpful. Um, so how did you get into, you know, you mentioned you got into one of the facilities like via a spa day situation. How, um, how have you developed relationships with other facilities? A lot of it is just ta- like talking to people, talking to staff. Um, one of the, another good person to become friends with is like the person who works at the front desk because they know everybody um, and they know where the residents are. Like if someone isn't showing up for their massage, they probably know where they are. Um, they know the directors of nursing and you know, the best way to meet them and approach them. And also I recently just met with the CEO of a, of a place, a facility, and also just to keep in mind that some of these places are also nonprofits. And so they have donors sometimes that are looking to give money or a way to like give money for a direct cause. And sometimes massage is one of those, one of those conduits to do that um, because it makes the donors feel good. And then they can provide the services, you know, of a trained massage therapist, which is beneficial too. And then sometimes like, I have no problem training staff. Like if the staff, you're like, I really want to be able to give a resident a hand massage, but I just don't know how I'm afraid I'm going to hurt them. And just to like reassure the staff, like, no, you can do this too. And it would be really beneficial and to just empower them as well, which I found really um, affirming too. Sweet. So what else do we need to know? Is there anything else on your list of what massage therapists need to know about skilled nursing facilities? Yeah, I think one thing is when you present yourself is to present yourself professionally. I think a lot of times we sell ourselves short of all the skills that we do offer. Um, and to, stay, to go where you're wanted. I've learned this lesson that I was at one place and I just, when I would go there, just, you know, felt this like edge of like, I don't know what this is. And I'm like, you know, I just don't think this is the right time for me to be here. And um, when I stepped away from it, another opportunity became available. And my other point would be to don't, don't start for free. Like don't volunteer. I think that's another snafu. Sometimes I find myself, I get into, I'm like, I want everybody to benefit from massage and I'm going to work for free. But then when you really want to start charging, like a place sometimes is not willing to pay for those services because you've already done it for free. Yeah. um, And there's, you know, typically somebody around the corner who will do it for free. So yeah. uh, getting in on the right foot and uh, establishing yourself as super professional and worth payment 
yeah. is really, really important in any kind of situation. I would only imagine more so in skilled nursing facilities. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing population of people to work with. Like I have met people who have been in World War II, in the Korean Wars. Um, I've learned how to do needlepoint from a 97-year-old. <laughs> like, awesome. You know, it's just like, they're just, they're just a population. Like my heart just really loves working with them because they have so many unique stories to tell. And a lot of times they don't get to tell them to people much anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's been a great experience and it just, it's a much needed niche to use for massage skills. And it's only a niche that's, that's growing really. There's, there's, the demand is only growing as the rest of the, the second batch of boomers um, age. I think this is um, more and more. I don't yeah. know, a thing. There's there's going to be demand for it. And, you know, we don't always like to look at massage as an industry. You know, we like to look at it as a career and a profession. But if we look at it as a service industry, which it is, and we look at the supply and the demand, there is only going to be a growing need for people who are highly skilled, who have continued their education past entry level, who have improved themselves and their professional skills to the point where they can relate to staff and medical staff at nursing facilities and such it's only growing and that's a really big deal yeah and I think for me too this was one thing like I was so focused like I'm going to work in a hospital I'm going to you know work in a hospital and this uh, like I said before like working with this population of people uses all of those skills and it's in a much more nurturing environment um, where like that push isn't there and um yeah, and the benefits, you can see the benefits. They're almost instant sometimes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stacy. This has been really enlightening. And if I will make sure that uh, people have access to, I, I, will, I will make note of the Oakworks positioning system that we were talking about. I'm pretty sure it's Oakworks. I hope it is now that I've said that three or four times. And I will make a link to that in the show notes. I will give you a link to more information about Stacy. And, and also a link to more information about HealWell, where you can get all kinds of training for this kinds of stuff. If you like this information, come see more of it. Listen to more podcast episodes. Visit us at massagebusinessblueprint.com. If you have an idea for an episode or a topic for a more in-depth interview episode, please feel free to email us, podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com. We are so appreciative of you listening and accessing our free resources and even becoming, if you decide, a premium member where you have access to a whole bunch more resources and a whole community of premium members of which Stacy is one. And that's all we have for today. Thank you so much, Stacey, for joining us and for sharing all of this info with us. And everyone have a great day. Bye. Bye.